0: This podcast is brought to you by the University of Aberdeen.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of our series of podcasts on the history of the University of Aberdeen. I'm Professor Michael Brown, the Co-Director of the Research Institute of Irish and Scottish Studies, and it's my great pleasure to introduce my colleague Dr. Bradford Bowe. Dr. Bowe is a lecturer in Scottish History and the Deputy Director of Rice. Editor of the collection Common Sense in the Scottish Enlightenment an author of numerous articles on Aberdeen's common sense philosophy and its wider dissemination in America, he is an obvious choice to speak to us about developments at the university in the 18th century. In the century following the War of the Two Kings, the university was to move from being a hotbed of Jacobitism to a purveyor of the establishment ideology. But that transition was by no means inevitable. The pressure to conform to the new political settlement. Seemingly copper-fastened in the Union of Parliaments in 1707, was to be challenged in 1715 and again in 1745. So too the European influence of enlightened ideas was to bring in its stead the challenge of French Republican or Jacobin subversion in the 1790s. While Scotland as a whole was to participate in the Enlightenment, and it was also to resist the allure of political revolution, Aberdeen, its university and the sociability it fostered. Was to develop its own unique inflection on these developments. First, it was a hotbed of Jacobitism, and then, in the later decades, it became a powerful voice of enlightenment ideas, albeit one informed by proto-romantic ideas about the value of place, locality, history. Dr. Bowe will act as an able guide to these remarkable developments, uh, which saw Aberdeen's openness to international influence germinate a remarkable cluster of thinkers gathered in the Wise Club and which set the university as a whole on its way to fostering a new role for itself, training professional officeholders for the British state and its imperial administration.
0: Founded by the professoriate of King's and Marshall Colleges in 1758, the Aberdeen Philosophical Society known as the Wise Club had transformed the Scottish Enlightenment. The proceedings of philosophical and literary societies were woven into the fabric of 18th century Scottish Enlightenment intellectual culture, and they served as forums for knowledge exchange. Following that Scottish pattern, the scientific cultivation of natural knowledge and the thought of the Wise Club members, which had included Thomas Reed, George Campbell, and James Beattie, as well as another 13 members drawn from the aberdeen professoriate that it had informed defining pursuit of a distinctive aberdeen enlightenment in this podcast i shall contextualize the ways in which reed had developed principles of common sense as an alumnus of marshall a regent at king's and then a founding member of the Wise Club. The Aberdeen Enlightenment had originated from the Royal Commission of Visitation's purge of Jacobitism in 1717 that had recast the political and intellectual landscape of Aberdeen. The election of Colin MacLaren as the Duncan Little Professor of Mathematics in 1717, as well as the Regis appointment of George Turnbull as a regent in 1721 had transformed the curriculum in Marshall. Now from the belief that education in this country was upon a miserable footing, Turnbull's graduation theses, uh, which he had read before Marshall College students in 1723 and then in 1726, had introduced an alternative to the senseless metaphysical creeds of the scholastic model of education that had, in his view, enslaved young understandings. In the opening lines of his 1723 philosophical thesis on the association of natural science with moral philosophy, Turnbull argued that the real usefulness of any science in human life is to be measured by its relation to moral philosophy, which has been rightly called by wise men the guide and parent of life. And he suggested that he lead the students in the investigation of the connection that that natural science had with moral philosophy. Following John Locke's essay concerning human understanding published in 1690, Turnbull al- argued that all of our ideas arise from either sensation or reflection and he also appealed to Samuel Clark's Boyle lectures on natural religion from the belief that moral rightness is founded in nature Turnbull's 1726 academic thesis on the most beautiful structure of the material and rational world Refine this religiously orthodox belief that an understanding of natural knowledge was nothing other than an acquaintance with the mind, which most perfectly rules all things. Turnbull taught metaphysics as moral philosophy to Thomas Reed between 1723 and 1726, whereas Turnbull prepared Reed to become. And anatomist of the mind McLaurin provided an exemplary model for Reed to follow as a Newtonian after graduation Reed had entered the ministry and then served as a clerk uh, for the presbytery of Kincardine uh, O'Neill between 1731 and 1733 he later returned to Marshall as the librarian in 1733 uh, and he has a very rich legacy with that position, considering that his great-great-grandfather had endowed the funds for a librarian to exist at the college. So not only was he an alumnus, but he was a legacy of Marshall College. And then later on, after completing a tour of England in 1737, Reed's maternal cousin, James Gregory, who had served as the college uh, mediciner Uh, had arranged for King's college masters to present him with the charge of Neumacher. But the parishioners of Neumacher uh, did not welcome Reed's ordination on May 12, 1737, as an exemplar of the patronage system that they had resisted. Now, it had been said that the delivery of Reed's first sermon uh, allegedly required a guard with a drawn sword to prevent the repeat of an earlier incident when masked men had violently thrown poor Reed into a horse pond. Yet Reed had gradually won, o- uh, won over the support of his parishioners through 15 years of service. Yet he had spent most of that time engaged with uh different studies regarding mathematics uh, astronomy and especially scottish moral philosophy once again reed owed his career progression to james gregory when he replaced alexander riot as uh, as a regent at kings in 1751 as a student of turnbull Reed had led his colleagues at King's to adopt a remarkably similar curriculum as his alma mater, which had recently completely reformed their model of education uh, to follow a professorial model after both Edinburgh and also Glasgow in 1783. But Reed had refused to abandon the Regentine system because he believed that it was best suited for the pastoral care of young men. And in particular, young men uh, as young as 11 and 12 and 13, who he believed required um, attention and at least continuity as they moved from their bhajan year through the magistran year, Uh, so their four years of study. Now, the difference of opinion between the virtues of old Aberdeen's residential college within the regentine system, versus the professorial specialization of a civic university located in New Aberdeen, being Marshall College, had ultimately doomed the Articles of Union in 1754. Now, within the 18th century, this marked the second time that Marshall and Kings had failed at an attempted union. The first one being in 1747, in response to a shortage of funds and students following the 1745 Jacobite Rising. Now, even though that they failed with unifying both of the colleges to form uh, a university, similar to what had happened in 1641 with the founding of the Caroline University, um, as kind of a homage to Charles II, and also a reflection of the role of Jacobitism in the northeast of Scotland. Now, in spite of that, the founding of the Aberdeen Philosophical Society in 1758 offered an alternative way in which the Aberdeen Professoriate collaboratively set forth the philosophy of common sense. Uh, which was a religiously orthodox alternative to the mitigated skepticism of Scotland's great infidel, David Hume, and also the ideal theory more broadly. Now, I imagine many of you are at least aware of David Hume's legacy and maybe even his recent controversy regarding some of his works. Uh, But I should add that he was... Uh, very controversial in the age in which he lived as well. So, in his Treatise of Human Nature, published in three books between 1739 and 1740, Hume sought, Hume sought to revolutionize the science of man through the use of the experimental method of reasoning. In an appeal to Lockean epistemology, he argued that impressions of observed objects and human behavior created subjective ideas about their properties. Now, this subjectivity of impressions had led Hume to deny the existence of objective moral judgments, and to propose that neither reasoning nor experience provided conclusive evidence of a supreme design. Now, Hume's skepticism alerted the Wise Club to the dangers of the ideal theory, also shown in the selective works of Locke, George Berkeley, René Descartes, and Nicolas Malebranche. Wise Club members associated the ideal theory with modern philosophical skepticism from the different ways in which it undermined commonly held beliefs. The use of the term common sense to describe mother wit or self-evident beliefs misled critics that common sense philosophy lacked sophistication. On the contrary, like Turnbull, common sense philosophers believed that the science of the human mind shed new light on the cultivation of natural knowledge in moral and natural worlds. They argued that God designed the human constitution with agency to improve faculties of the mind, and the origin of divinely inspired principles of common sense was self-evident. Reed considered the difficulty of a just philosophy of the human mind in relation to the general prejudices against David Hume's system of the mind in his first discourse that he read before the Wise Club on June 14th, 1758. In doing so, he sought to discover the simple and original principles of our Constitution in a system of the mind that enumerated the original perceptions and provided a clear explanation from them of the phenomena of human nature. Now, in addition to that, he also followed the scottish philosophical tradition of teaching metaphysics as moral philosophy in warning his students at king's college that and i quote a profound philosopher like hume comes and tells us that common sense is a fallacious judge and that it is not to be trusted as a reliable testimony end quote now, confronted with Hume's mitigated skepticism, Reed claimed that Hume's reasoning appeared to me to be just, and there, there, was nef- there was therefore a necessity to call in question the principles upon which it was founded, or to admit the conclusion. From that conviction, he eventually countered Hume's Treatise of human nature with his own inquiry Into the Mind on the Principles of Common Sense, which was eventually published in 1764. Before that publication, Reed had sent Hugh Blair, uh, who was uh, a professor of rhetoric and ballet at Edinburgh University and also uh, a close friend of Hume as fellow members of the Select Society, uh, as well as the Philosophical Society of Edinburgh, Now, he sent uh, Blair uh, chapters from his magnum opus uh, to pass along to Hume, as well as an introductory letter for Hume's consideration. Now, in this letter, uh, Reid writes, and I quote, your friendly adversaries, doctors, Campbell and Gerard, as well as Dr. Gregory, return their compliments to you respectfully. A little philosophical society here, of which all three are members, is much indebted to you for its entertainment. If you write no more in morals, politics, or metaphysics, I am afraid we would be at a loss for subjects. Reed had shared Hume's criticisms of Locke's ambiguous treatment of ideas as a placeholder for all the contents of the mind. And yet he was alarmed that rendering knowledge of the world wholly dependent on psychologically interdependent uh, impressions, which led to ideas, made Hume's system indefensible against philosophical skepticism. Now, the consequences of the ideal theory led Reed to inquire on this subject anew without any regard to a previous hypothesis. His version of common sense philosophy ridiculed the ideal theory best shown in book one of Hume's treatise, because it had denied one or more self-evident principles of the divinely inspired human constitution. Now, interestingly enough, Hume responded Uh, to Reed's draft chapters, as well as his letter. And Blair passed passed along Hume's review of, of Reed's unpublished inquiry in what was labeled an instance of candor and generosity to an antagonist. Now, in this partial review, Hume praised Reed's literary performance in a piece so deeply philosophical, Even though that Hume later offered a complete answer to common sense philosophers in his 1777 edition of his Inquiry Concerning Human Understanding by claiming that if his philosophy was properly understood, that it wouldn't disturb human conduct in everyday life. Now, the ways in which Reed had challenged Hume's philosophy in the Wise Club without bitterness had contrasted sharply with Hume's view of that bigoted silly fellow, James Beattie, which my colleague, Professor Catherine Jones, will discuss in the next episode of this podcast series. Ultimately, one of the takeaways that I hope uh, you will have from my particular uh, talk is that the associational lives of the Wise Club members reflected the intellectual and institutional characteristics of the Aberdeen Enlightenment, which had produced Reed's philosophy of common sense. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Aberdeen.